Macmillan Audio presents The Good Night Trail by Ralph Compton. Read for you by Scott Sowers. Chapter 1 It was May 31st, 1865, two weeks after the burial of the assassinated Abraham Lincoln. The first day of June 1861, said Brassus Gifford, was when I joined the Rangers. If the Confederacy and Texas had hung on, tomorrow would have been the end of my enlistment. Your enlistment, said Will Elliott, ended the 15th of last month at Appomattox, along with mine. I don't aim to hang around any longer, said Benton McCaleb. If the state of Texas has any final orders for me, it'll have to track me down. The night wind fanned the coals of their tiny fire, the resulting flame lighting the narrow confines of the coulee in which they had camped. Charles Goodnight wrapped his bandana around his hand and reached for the coffee pot refilling his cup before he spoke. I expect Ben's right. God only knows what's going to happen here in Texas. Within a year, maybe sooner. I'm looking for the South to be fully occupied by Union soldiers and camp followers. Maybe you got the right idea, Charlie, said Will, taking a herd of Texas Longhorns north. But it's been five years. You reckon there's still enough of your herd to make a drive? I reckon, said McCaleb, if me and Will and Brassus throwed the little cash money we have into the pot, we'd come up with enough to feed ourselves for a while. Charlie, you trailed with us enough to know we don't start anything we can't finish. If it suits you, we'll raise a herd and join your drive. For a moment, Goodnight said nothing. These were men to ride the river with. Yet they seemed to accept the leadership of Benton McCaleb without a qualm. How many times had these two stood with him and fought to the finish against outlaws and Indians? They were closer than brothers. He offered his hand to Will, to Brassus, and then to McCaleb. Only then did he speak. I expect you'll still be fighting bandits and Indians, but the wages ought to be considerably better. By this time next year, we should be on the trail. It'll take that long for a decent gather. We could rope and brand enough, maybe three or four hundred, for a drive this year, said Brassus. That'd get us some quick money for a bigger drive next year. Too late for that, said Goodnight. By the time we get to the breaks, the trails to Kansas and Missouri will be crowded with small herds. Texans won't waste any time getting these cows to market. Suppose you fight the swollen rivers, Indians, and rustlers... But when you reach Trail's End, you find the prices drop from $15 a head to 5 or 4 You don't dare hold out for better prices because there's other herds behind you. There's no graze for your cows, and as more cattle arrive, the already low prices may go still lower. So what do you do? Take what you can get, said Brassus. Precisely, said Goodnight. I aim to avoid that trap by driving west into New Mexico north to Fort Sumner, and as far as Colorado Territory if I have to. I want money, but I want range, too. 
We'll be blazing a new trail into virgin territory to a range untouched except by antelope, buffalo, and elk. We can hold our herds for a year if need be, fattening them on new grass. Colorado is mining country. Men lusting after silver and gold don't have time to raise cows, but they have to eat, and they have money to buy. You purely know how to start a man's blood pounding, said Will Elliott. I'd sooner be shooting Indians and thieves in New Mexico and Colorado as here on the Texas border, especially if the wages is better. Least, said Brassus, we don't have to cross the Red River. Nope, said Goodnight, but with the route I have in mind, we'll ford the Pecos twice, once at Horsehead Crossing and again at Pope's Crossing somewhere in southern New Mexico territory. While we don't know what dangers may be awaiting us, I doubt we'll encounter anything we haven't faced.